All right, folks, welcome to Jet Cetera. This is the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by a sports columnist Mike McIntyre. It's episode 60. Wow. Wow. There's a significant number in 60. It seems really. like 10 weeks ago we were I'm doing episode 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 60 episodes. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Jets and what they did and didn't do at the trade deadline. Um, we'll talk about their um, stretch coming up, uh, Mike, where they play Toronto and Edmonton for seven straight games. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, continued uncertainty surrounding the Canadian Football League. That seems like it's like an ongoing story, doesn't it? Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day, thanks. And then... I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about winter returning. So we'll spend a little time on that later in the episode in the podcast. I've got some interesting stats about the snowfall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, people are going to love that. Sure, that's worth worth tuning in for, folks. you got to wait till the overtime for that, yeah. folks. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah, or you can fast forward. Can you fast forward a podcast? You can fast forward a podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but... But sure, go ahead. I wouldn't recommend uh, fast-forwarding this one. No. You might miss something. This is going to be one of our top 60 that we've done. Yeah, we have priceless blah, 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 (laughs) as I call it in my newsletter. (laughs) Uh, Okay, the Jets made a minor deal at the uh, trade deadline, Mike, which was on Monday. They added defenseman Jordy Ben, the brother of Jamie Ben. Um, from the Vancouver Canucks. He's a veteran a defenseman, been around a while. He's a depth guy for the Jets. Um, lots great, of... Lots great of, playoff beard. Yeah, he's got the beard going. He does. Yeah, he's got, he's got a good one. Um, I was going to say something about his brother, but I'm not going to. Um, you a fan of Jamie Ben? Not at all. Oh. Not, no, not a fan of him and Tyler Sagan. No, no. They're, uh, they put their foot feet in their mouth far too often. Um, so anywho, <laughs> they got the nicer Ben, the, yeah, the more character filled Ben from what I understand. Um, lots of hand wringing though. The Jets, uh, did not do what a lot of people wanted them to do, which was to go out and acquire a, uh, stud top four Norris trophy winning <laughs> defenseman. Those guys, there were so many of them available, Steve. <laughs> yeah, there was. There were some real dregs available, oh, uh, boy. frankly, in the uh, on Monday. And in my opinion, the Jets got a pretty good one out of the dregs. Um, there was a lot of there was a, a lot of guys you never even heard of, frankly. But that's not saying much. I don't follow every guy in the league or whatever. Um, but I, I just I, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure what. People wanted Kevin Shevel Day off to do Mike. Um, his hands were tied on so many, on a number of areas. In that, um, the expansion draft was going to prohibit him from signing a guy with term unless he maybe got rid of a guy with term. So potentially they traded Josh Morrissey and something yeah. else for Roman Josie. Okay, right on. Bring it on. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not thinking Nashville is getting rid of Roman Josie, and and Nashville apparently. Isn't getting rid of Ryan Ellis or Matthias Ekholm either? Or should they? They're they're actually the no. hottest team in the NHL exactly, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like Fifteen and three in their right. last eighteen. So they just uh, whipped uh, Tampa last who, night. Who was it yeah. that the Jets were supposed to get that they didn't get? Yeah, I mean, there there seemed to be a lot of talk about David Savard, but you know what, Steve? Like, the, he's terrible. Tampa gave up a first round draft pick For, and a third round. He's rounder. not even a good. He's not even right. that good of a player, Mike. And. Uh, 
and so, I mean, when that's the price tag, because there were so few, you know, so-called big names, and he was <laughs> there were no one of the big names, names, I guess. I guess so. He's got a big name, but that's only because Denny Savard and Serge Savard right. made a big name. Exactly. He's not He's not from the same Savard family. Yeah, he's not doing the Spinneramas, folks. Savardian Spinneramas. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think with the Jets, and, you know, it's interesting, Kevin Shoveldayoff, I thought was a little more candid than usual the other day and that he said that he took a few big swings. I don't know. I'd love to know who those swings were aimed at, Steve. Like he talked about deals that are we talking about. Maybe he tried to get Ryan Ellis. He for, talked about I mean? players. And so he didn't say that they went to other teams. He actually specifically said they didn't move. They didn't yeah. move. Right. Which is interesting, which there weren't a lot of of guys that were rumored to be on the block that didn't move. Like it makes me think that he almost kind of like the Paul Stasny deal of 2018. Like maybe he was close or he's trying to do something a little more stealth, right? And so I think of a guy like Josh Manson, who does have term, who there was some talk that the Jets were interested. Josh Manson didn't move. Uh, could he have been one of those bigger swings? Maybe. Um, but as you said... I don't think of him as a bigger swing, frankly, Mike, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, here. so... But I think it, the matters would have been complicated by expansion draft, by potentially what was going the other way. And I think the other thing... No that, trade clauses, all kinds of things. For thing. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, a big swing likely means uh, something big going the other way. And if you're the Jets, I think guys like Ville Hainala, Dylan Sandberg, and Cole Perfetti were non-starters, as they should be. Uh, you haven't really even seen what those guys can do yet at the NHL level. Samberg and Perfetti haven't played a game, uh, and Perfetti's having a great season with the Moose. He's red hot right now. Um, Ville Hanela is close to getting in this lineup. Kevin Shoveldayoff seemed to indicate he'd like to see him right away in that lineup. So, you know, maybe the help that you need, if you if you in fact even need help, Steve, maybe it's already here. Maybe you know, maybe the call's coming from inside the house, as the horror movie goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was on the record as saying I didn't think that the Jets should make a bunch of moves. I didn't think that they should. Certainly, I don't think that they should have mortgaged their future right. for what was available unless, frankly, it was Ryan Ellis or somebody like yeah. that where you're adding a a Norris Trophy type of guy or potential Norris Trophy type of guy. I would give up Perfetti, Hanela, and seven other draft choices for that guy. Do you know what I mean? Like That's a, that, that's a different type of deal, though. But for what was available, eh, I just, I, you know, like I know that people are not happy with what the Jets blue line currently has. But, I mean, to just make a deal to, to, to trade one guy for another guy who's kind of like just equally bad or right. equally good, it doesn't make much sense to me, does it? No. And so I think they had to make a depth move for sure. Yeah, uh, they, Nathan yep. Beaulieu was lost to a season-ending yep. injury, so they had and one less... you don't less... want Sammy Nico playing. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so they had one less body. Uh, now they've replaced that body. Um, and I guess, Steve, in a perfect world, Jordy Ben barely plays, right? right? Because the six guys in the lineup, you hope, number one, you hope they stay healthy. Number two, you hope they play well to the point that you don't really need to make a change. But now... Well, they have been playing well. This is the great debate. Right. Like, they won this... three in a row until a bit of a stinker the other night in Ottawa. But in fact, I'd, I'd argue they just played perhaps their one of their best defensive games of the year in Montreal on Saturday night. They right. they held Montreal to 19 shots. They shut them out 5 nothing, 
And for the record, that's a Montreal team that should have been a little desperate. They're starting to hear some footsteps behind them with Calgary. And the Jets went in and absolutely smothered them. And so, yeah, the Ottawa game, I mean, I'm willing to just chalk that up to a, a bad night all around from everybody. I don't think the blue line was just the only. I mean, Connor Hellebuck was terrible the no, other night too. Which they never, lost the game because Connor Hellebuck couldn't stop the puck. Couldn't handle the okay? puck, like, right. They, don't get me wrong. They didn't play so great overall. But still, they were 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. To me, the game was lost. And a couple of and, and I've, I'm going to harp on this a little bit again here, is the game was tied 2-2 two, two going into the third period. The Jets had some opportunities to score. They don't win when they don't score that third goal. That's as, right. Okay, so yeah. I sent you the stat. Of their 17 losses, 15 of them, they didn't get the third goal. They scored two goals or less. And so you've got a team like Ottawa kind of like, you're allowing them to stay in the game. Right. And so to me, the game is lost because the offense didn't score the third goal. And then Ottawa got the third goal on a Hellebuck flub, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? A dump in that he couldn't even handle. Yeah. yeah. So where is the defense at fault for right. that? I don't see that at all. I really, really don't. Yeah. And, and I think we, we talked about this in previous podcasts. If Going back to the trade deadline and especially the blue line. I, if there was a defenseman available that might help drive some offense, then yeah. by all means, go yeah. for that guy. Ryan Ellis, I keep saying that. But there wasn't. Like, <laughs> what, really, what no. defenseman move Monday that is a, a play driver? I mean, <laughs> I, can't David, even, I can't even remember their names. But yeah, the there guys there wasn't moved. one. None. No. Uh, you look, let's just look in the Canadian division. Uh, Toronto added Ben Hutton, yawn. Edmonton added. Never heard of the guy. Dmitry Kulikov, yawn. I would not mind Kulikov actually. Yeah, I mean, guy, yeah. he was a guy that I thought yeah. the Jets but might. But Jamie Ben, same thing. Right, and uh, and Montreal added uh, what's his name? Uh, exactly, John Merrill. <laughs> John Merrill from from Detroit. Did he used to play for the Devils? <laughs> he did used to play for the. That's a good. Yeah. <laughs> There's another John Merrill. No, that's there? the John the Merrill. Guy? It is. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, again, these are not flashy <laughs> names. And really, is Jordy Ben any better or worse than, like... At least I know who Jordy Ben was, mostly because right. he has his brother. So, <laughs> I think, I mean, the trade deadline was kind of a dud overall. And that's... We didn't know what a trade deadline, Steve, with in the middle of a pandemic in a unique 56-game year and with a flat salary cap and an expansion draft looming, we didn't know what that was going to look exactly like. We now it, know yeah. it, it looks Listen, pretty boring. Uh, although, uh, one thing I will say, though, is that the, the best deal, the best trade, in my opinion, was made by the Leafs. Um, Nick Foligno. Love Nick Foligno. A, a great player, you know, and, and, and if... if, 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 if if I had my druthers, if I was a Jets fan, a if I, I would have traded for Nick Foligno. That's yeah. a guy. I still think the Jets are missing. And Dubois hopefully will become that guy for the team. But they're still missing that kind of like a power forward. Right. A guy that's got some grit that's really going to make. I mean, they have it on the third and the fourth lines. Right. But they don't have it on the top, top lines. Yep. And so, yeah. So I think that that was... You know, that was the deal. That was the best deal. Paul Maurice has used the term a few times to describe his top six recently. He, he When he's talking about flipping guys around, he, he said, I feel at times like we're a little light, mm -hmm. which is an interesting way of putting it. Mm -hmm. I think that's code speak for we're a little too flashy and a, a little a little too much sizzle, not enough steak sometimes on well, the top Well, I mean, line. That, that's what they have. I mean, Blake Wheeler's hurt. He, he's not a... Blake Wheeler's still a prototypical power forward, even at his age still. Right. He's still strong down low, and he's still 
uh, forces the play. He still drives the play or whatever. So they're they're missing him. But that's uh, where I wonder, Steve, if a guy like Mason Appleton eventually gets a look in that top six. Mason Appleton does some things at times. I've mentioned this before. Reminds me of Blake Wheeler from a few years ago. Right. Like the, those hard drives to the net, the way he'll cut in kind of with reckless abandon. The Jets don't have a lot of guys that do that. He's one of them. Um, they don't have any guys. To do that. They don't have it. I mean, Jansen Harkins sometimes does that. Yeah, but, okay. But but right, they don't. I mean, Blake. Yeah. Think of Blake Wheeler when he first, when the first right. two years of the Jets, he used to cut in from that right wing like a maniac at the net. Uh, he doesn't do that anymore. A few times I've seen him still do it this year. Sure. But, yeah. but Mason Appleton does a lot of that, right. and so maybe there's a guy. But again, it goes back to maybe they have what they already need in place. They've got this last month of the season to kind of figure out the pieces. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setter podcast. It's uh, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon. What time is it? It's still Wednesday morning. Two minutes. Two minutes till Wednesday afternoon. The Jets play in Ottawa tonight, and then so uh, and then tomorrow night, Thursday, they play at Toronto versus the Leafs, and then that starts Mike a a seven game stretch against the Leafs. And the Oilers. Um, you're going to write a column about this for our paper tomorrow, so be sure to check that out, folks, about how um, this could be an opportunity for the team to kind of, uh, I don't know, test itself, right. um, pump itself, give itself something to play for. I, I think that, yes. I think that, you know, when I was watching the first Ottawa game on Monday night, I was thinking, you know, like the Jets really. I think nothing, not a lot it's to an play for game. right now. It really, that's really what it is. felt like. Yeah, like just stay healthy is priority right. one. Don't don't get hurt. Right. So, um, so uh, yeah. How how so? How much oomph do you want to put into the next right. seven games? Well, uh, looking at the numbers, Steve, Jets have twenty five wins as they head in to play Ottawa tonight. Twenty one of those twenty five, which is eighty four percent of their wins. Wow. Uh, yeah, guy, 21 yeah. times four. What are you doing writing? You should be math. Uh, thanks, Mr. Gruner, my uh, grade 10 AP math teacher. Appreciate that. Uh, but 21 out of their 25 wins are against Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, and Montreal, a.k.a. 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. The two team, well, Edmonton, I guess, is not ahead of them. They're right there with them. But Edmonton and Toronto, the Jets have played 12 times this year. They only have four wins. Uh, so 21 wins against the bottom four, four wins against the other top two. Well, they haven't played them as much. They haven't, I, but still I, four I, in I 12, that's not going to win you a playoff series. If it, you, are, they're not four and eight though. Eh? Like what's their record? I think four, six and two, four, six and two. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they've yeah. lost a couple of, uh, of bonus time games. Um, but still you, you want to, you know, four in 12 and they're going to get them seven in a row here. Uh, they play in Toronto. Thursday night. Then it's a bizarre six-game homestand starting Saturday, Steve, where they're going to play uh, Edmonton on Saturday. Then they're going to welcome Toronto for three straight all next week. Then Edmonton's going to come back here for two more to close it out. After that, the Jets will have uh, six games remaining, and they will be against those teams that they've won 21 times against. Ottawa, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. So... You know, the, that exhibition feel to the other night, it's possible that the last two weeks of the season kind of end up feeling that way as well, right? Because they're going to be playing the weak links of the division. They're not going to mean anything because the Jets will already have clinched a playoff spot. 
So to me, these next two weeks and these next seven games, that's the time to really kind of test yourself in a way. Uh, and it's interesting, a, a decision made by Paul Maurice today, Steve, um, with this back-to-back tonight and tomorrow, I get the sense that he is treating it the same way as well. Connor Hellebuck will not start the first half of the back-to-back tonight in Ottawa. Lauren Brassois is going to play. And why that's notable to me is if you look back, every set of back-to-back the Jets have had this year, it's always Hellebuck who starts game one, and it's Brassois who gets mop-up duty the next night. The Jets are flipping that script tonight, and and I wonder why is that? Is that because they view, not that they're overlooking Ottawa, but they kind of are looking over Ottawa, right? They, it, tomorrow is the game that they probably really want, so you want to get they your number one guy. They better not overlook Ottawa going into tonight. Yeah, I mean, if they overlook Ottawa, they're going to go into Toronto no, two tomorrow points is two points. on a two-game losing streak. Exactly. And, I mean, I don't think it matters, Steve. Do you? First, second, third? Does it matter? Uh, no, I, I don't think it does. I think that the most important thing from a Jets standpoint is that they're playing a certain way, and Paul mm-hmm. Maurice keeps harping at this. And so this everything this season has been about learning to play a certain way, learning how to manage the game, how to... Uh, respond to this, how to react to that. Everything has been a learning curve for this team of how uh, everything is built towards learning how to win when the playoffs come along. And so I I don't know. I I guess there's some lessons to be learned in the next seven games. Right. Uh, So, yeah, for sure. I'd Um, be a little worried, Steve, about how they're going to play in that last stretch of the schedule. That would be more. Right. Look at how it ends. Ottawa comes here a team that, that that they just stunk the joint out again. And then you get the corpse of the Vancouver Canucks coming here, who will at that point be playing, I think, their 100th game in 105 days or something. Not quite, but 19-31 and 31 for a sickly bunch. The Canucks are going to come in here on absolute fumes. And again, you just worry those games will mean nothing. They're going to have opponents who have nothing to play for. To well, they talk. It's cliche, and you hear it all the time uh, as it relates to it's, – it's like you, you want teams to play exactly the same, whether they're up to nothing yes. or down to nothing, whether they're playing the Ottawa Senators right. or whether they're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens or the Edmonton Oilers. And so – to me, that still remains the key here with this team, and they did not play that way in the first game against Ottawa. They didn't play their game. And so, and I know it's cliche, but it's not about the other teams. It's about how the Jets are playing. Right. And so I still think that the the remaining, however many games are in the season, will be about that. So my challenge to the Jets, which I'm kind of going to write in my wow, column today, okay, is right. to treat these Hopefully next. they read that. To treat these next seven, starting tomorrow night, uh, treat it as a best of seven. Try and win four out of the seven, right? Right. Uh, treat it as a playoff series, a, a dress rehearsal, if you will. Uh, if they could win four out of the seven, I mean, if they could win more than four, I guess great, good for them. But you know, get up for these games as if they do have some significance. Who's the better team? Who do you think is a better team, Edmonton or Toronto? I think Toronto is the better all-around team by far. Uh, just be- and and the additions we talked about, Felino. Uh, I think that that helps the cause a lot. Uh, I think Edmonton has the best player or players in McDavid and Settle, but I don't know that those two guys are enough to win them a seven-game playoff series. 
Uh, and I still think, I mean, Mike Smith looked terrible the other night, like he reverted to his old form. He's been really good this year, but Mike Smith is still Mike Smith, and he's like 38 Well, the Leafs, the Leafs have questionable goaltending. They do. I know Jack Campbell's having this run or whatever, but they you know, they picked up David Riddich. And, uh, not st- so big save Dave, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. Freddie, Freddie Anderson may not play again this year by the sounds yeah, of it. I go back and forth, I flip-flop. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a huge, I, I, I think, Maybe it's just historical. Like the Leafs are going to do something to screw it up or whatever. Right. Do you know what I mean? I like I like Dave Tippett as a coach, and I think that when you have two great players like Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and and they've I th- they've given the Jets more problems because of those two guys. Right. I, I know the Jets' record against the Leafs is about five hundred. Right. What would it yeah, be? Yeah, I mean, they're two and four, but the two of the two uh, and four or, against the Leafs. Yeah, it's two and four against Edmonton and Toronto. I thought they took two games in Toronto. They did. They oh, went two zero and one, but they've lost the other three. Right. So yeah. of those four losses, one if not two of them have been in overtime. Right, and those and then the other game was after that seven game run. I just think that the Jet, I think that they match up. I think that they can handle the Leafs better for some reason than right. they can the Oilers. So yeah, and I mean the fact is, and this is why they finish fourth. Then this is why these well. <laughs> If you finish fourth, you're probably for sure playing Toronto in the first right. round. If you finish, well, according to everybody at sports, yeah. If you finish either. second or third, it's going to be Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah, I would think. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you play Montreal in the first round unless the Jets go seven and zero or six and one in these next seven and finish first. That I guess, still happen. yeah. And then you could play Montreal in the first round. But yeah, I mean, to me, uh, you're going to have to beat one for sure of Edmonton or Toronto. And probably both to get out of the division, right? Um, that's just the way the format is. So no time like the present for the Jets with seven games with the Oilers and Leafs on deck. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, we might as well chat about the Canadian Football League a little bit. Everybody else is, or some people are anyways. Um, Jeff Hamilton did a nice job in our paper today trying to um, clarify um, all the different rumors that are swirling about as it relates to the um, Canadian Football League. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the the season's going to be delayed. Right. Um, it's supposed to start June 10th uh, with the Bombers. It's like less than two months. Correct. So there's lots of rumors that the league is going to announce this either at the end of this week or early next week that they're going to delay the season. And then um, certain teams don't even want to play it sounds sounds like vancouver toronto and montreal have no interest in playing right um and then there's these ongoing rumors as it relates to the xfl and a potential merger and apparently maple leaf sports mlse which owns the argos is really driving this and um the money apparently would be you know a hundred million dollars a year to the member teams here in the cfl etc 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 so um, I'm not sure that the CFL is going to play this year again, folks. And secondly, when it does ever play again, it could look a lot different. <laughs> well, it could, as you say, Steve, it could just be, there might only be six Canadian teams, maybe if, if some opt out or it could be a, a oh, hybrid, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does sound like some clarity is finally going to be coming down the pipe because so far Randy Ambrosi has said really very little about 
what's in the works here. We know that there's been meetings going on behind the scenes, but details of those haven't really haven't really leaked out. Um, but for sure, I mean, you look at the vaccine rollout, that's got to be disappointing for the CFL that was probably banking on a heck of a lot more Canadians being vaccinated uh, at this point, And that could potentially open the doors for fans. Uh, but with eight weeks to go, uh, that's not all that optimistic. I mean, look at here in Manitoba, Steve, they're talking about potentially more restrictions coming. We're going the wrong right. way in that sense. Right. So, um, you know, I think for the CFL, they are obviously in a dire situation, maybe more dire than any of us have realized. Uh, and that's becoming more apparent as as details sort of leak out here. But, you know... I don't know. I, I'm I'm one of those. I'm not against the idea of a merger. I know there's some diehards like the the traditionalists who are just that th this is the worst thing ever. That this idea of doing business with with the XFL and the Rock and all that that they're selling their soul. But you know what? I mean, what's the alternative? If the alternative is that the CFL just dies a slow, painful death, I mean, is that what a traditionalist wants? To me, you got to do what you have to do to survive, right? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of options. I, and I don't know, I, again, I'm not privy to any inside information, um, is that it seems to me, though, that the CFL is going to be hard-pressed to have a season again this year. Okay, so you scrap it again, right? Do you right. know what I mean? And, and, then, and then you come back the following year as the CFL with the – nine teams <laughs> I had to think about how many teams were in the CFL there folks uh, there's nine teams right now. right yes so, and then um, uh, I am 60 <laughs> you, yeah. and so then and then you just carry on and you try your best to recover you're never gonna it's gonna take forever to recover the money that you've lost over those two years you'll never recover it right and so that's one option and then the other option is to, yeah, is to join forces with a group that potentially would put a huge influx of cash into the league, but it would change the league, and so then it would come back. And th that might not even come back this year either, right? Right. right. You know what I mean? Um, and the XFL, would, for the record, has talked about not even starting until 2022. No, so, they're on pause because of these talks with the CFL as right. well, right? So. 2022, you get this CFXL. <laughs> that's, CFXL. that's a mouthful. Or like would it. it be the XFCFL? Well, alphabetical. CFXL. CXFL. Um, so whatever it is. Does the X stand it. for anything, by the way? Like, it's not really an acronym, is it? No, extreme. Just, Isn't extreme. it Extreme Football know. League? I don't think so. No? I think it just sounds cool. Okay. But I could be wrong. Because um, it could be the Canadian. By the way, the football. XFL as it currently is is not a feeling uh, uh, league because it's it's completely new people. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. so. And I've seen um, some people refer to that like the. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm not I'm neither for it or against it. It's irrelevant to me. Um, it's a story that we're going to report on. I don't have I don't have these hard feelings about right. anything frankly do you know what i mean like that do you know what i mean i'm not i don't have lines in the sand like this the only feeling i have steve is i'd like to see football in canada sure exactly in some form right i'd like to see the winnipeg blue bombers play again i'd like to see the bomber fans uh get to celebrate a uh a, a right. defending a great cop um, if it's four downs does that matter to you a uh, lot if they're playing four downs. You know, I'm not like, watching unless I get paid to watch it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, like I get paid to watch these things, folks. You know, you do too, Mike. So um, I, I think that if it was four downs, it, that would I, I would be crazy about that idea. Yeah. I think that the I don't know why the XFL would want. I don't know why they'd want it either. Do, you know do I mean? something that's a unique part of this league. So the last time there was a merger, it remained three downs. It did so. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, as you say, it may it may be that a season of any kind, merger, no merger, is just not feasible this year um, for a variety of reasons. Although it sounds, Steve, and this is interesting, that the CFL is going back to the feds again. Like, hey, guys. Sure. Uh, Why not? Everybody's going to the feds. I don't understand. <laughs> Frankly, I think the feds should give them some money. I'm just not sure. They're giving everybody money. They are. I'm not sure why they wouldn't give the CFL some money. Um, I, I'm not sure how much. I don't know whether that's going to make the difference or not. Um, but circling back to the beginning of the, of, the, of the period where we talked about how we don't really know what they're doing, this is the biggest problem here. Uh, and this not just this is not reserved to the Canadian Football League right now, um, but I would like to I would I would prefer if the league was a little bit more upfront. Now I'm going to say something. I know some folks don't like this, but I kind of like the fact here in Manitoba, where before we've made some pandemic restriction changes, Brian Pallister and Brent Rusin have gone to the public right. and asked them what they thought. Okay, so here you go, folks. I'm Randy Ambrosi, I'm Wade Miller, I'm The Rock, I'm whomever, whatever it might be. I'd love to be The Rock. <laughs> I'd love to have The Rock's money. I'm not sure I want to be The Rock. Right. You'd but, speak of yourself in the third person if you were The Rock. <laughs> does he do that? He does. Oh. Yeah. So it's simple. You have you put it out there. This is what we're thinking. Right. What do you think, folks? Right. Just, uh, just be honest. Be, be upfront. Like, I, I would just like the officials of sports leagues and public health officials and et cetera, et cetera, to just treat us as adults. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you what know. What the hell's in, going on? In Manitoba, for sure, in the pandemic, uh, it's a good it's a good comparison because there has been the public input. Here's what we're thinking of doing. And, you know, again, not everybody has clearly agreed with some of the steps that have been taken. No, but, but they have but their say. But there's been some transparency to it yeah. that just doesn't seem to exist Um there's been a lot of secrecy in the CFL, and I think that's causing a lot of the hand wringing. Right? Is is the not knowing sometimes is worse than than knowing? Like, well, and then you get the you know you get the CFL insiders, of course, leaking information, right. like it's just, or reporting information, and you know damn well that it's it's from the the league office. Right. Like, why doesn't the league just release it instead of giving it to Dave Naylor at TSN and having sure. Dave Naylor release it? You know so I mean? let me be devil's advocate here a little bit. I've seen some people talk about the MLSE involvement here as if it's evil. I don't. M MLSE is a hell of a successful enterprise, are they not? I mean, they uh, run yeah, the I'm Leafs, a very you know you could argue one of the pinnacle franchises of of the NHL. They run the Toronto Raptors who, you know, won an NBA championship, did something no, you know, made history a couple of years ago. Like, um, I believe they also run Toronto FC, do they not? Uh, yeah, they do, yeah. I mean, well, and it, it's owned by Bell and Rogers. I mean, right. uh, uh, coincidentally, Bell and Rogers both own 30%, 37% yeah. of MLSE. So, um, yeah, these are, these are significant people. And um, successful yeah. companies yeah. who, yeah. like, so 
why is it that some are just saying, well, the fact that they're involved. Oh, they're from Toronto, Mike. Well, that's what it, that's, gonna, they I think don't that's care about us on here. the prairies like, here. Maybe we should listen to what they think <laughs> is the best way to go about doing business. Nah, they don't know. Yeah, I mean, there does seem to be that. And look, I'm not a huge Toronto <laughs> fan of the whole Toronto-centric this and that. But, I mean. These, it's a great city, man. Like, I mean, it is on. a great yeah. city, for sure. And, and these guys and gals in this company... Uh, have a proven track record. Maybe the CFL ought to be listening to what they think is the best way to go about it. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime session of our Jet Setra podcast. <laughs> Cranking out the hits. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what would we play? Uh, you'd probably play a lot of... Uh, 80s rock. Yeah. 70s rock. Hair metal. <laughs> no, I'm not really into... The hair metal. Oh, I was listening. Hey, who's a b- better Canadian band? Blue Rodeo or Tragically Hip? Uh, I, I'm going to say Blue Rodeo. I'm with you, Mike. Are you? Okay, wow. Totally. That's probably not popular I am opinion, totally with you. Blue, I should run a uh, Twitter uh, poll on that. A, you should. I could should. you do that? I could, I could do that. I love the Twitter polls to get the feedback. That would be an interesting one. I'm a one. huge Blue Rodeo fan. I actually named a cat once Cuddy. Oh, yeah, after Jim Cuddy, the singer of the Blue Rodeo. Of the Blue Rodeo. I'm calling them the Blue Rodeo. <laughs> the Blue Rodeo. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to There's a Song. I mean, the hip are good, but... Yeah, yeah. But Blue Rodeo, for sure, they maybe don't get their due. They don't. I don't think that they do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I was listening to music on the weekend uh, as I was cycling a bit. And then um, <laughs> the return of winter, Mike, we need to talk about it. Yes. Okay, so I went from... I had a couple of really nice bike rides on the weekend. I uh, saw because what's the, what's the app called that you on your Facebook page? Strava your, app. Strava. Do you have call, the Strava? app? I was going to call it the Stevia app, but Stevia is actually a sweetener. It is, yeah. Do you have the Strava? app? I don't, but I you should. I, and so it's. Do you ever try and draw a neat picture with your routes? Like I've seen ones where people you can draw do that. like they'll draw like an obscene image, like a penis. On their bike route, and then it's kind of funny, or they'll spell something out. I've seen that, yes. Um, yeah. You can do that on the Strava app. Because you yours look like a, a child has just made a big scribble all over a no, page. No, this is a planned route. Anyways, the Strava app, lots of runners, yeah. uh, walkers, uh, cyclists, right. other people are on there. You can follow each other. You can give each other kudos. Right. You can make comments. Mike Aporius, our photo editor, is on there. We, we go back. So I had a... I had a 70-kilometer bike ride on Saturday, and then a buddy dragged me out on a Sunday. You went we to went Lockport, didn't you? 82 kilometers. We rode all the way to Lockport. We were about eight kilometers away from Lockport. We were going to turn around, but then he bribed me. He said, let's go the further eight kilometers, and I'll buy you fries at the half moon. Okay, so get this. Get <laughs> I this. know what you're going to say. Yeah? Yeah. You got to the half moon. It's drive through only. drive through only with only motorized vehicles. So... Uh, you tried to go through it on your bike. No, we oh. just, just rode up thinking they'll have like a takeout window or right. something or whatever, right? Don't you know I mean? No, they don't Did serve cycles. Did you try going through on your bike? Did well, you... the girl said it's a more the girl said motorized vehicles only. What if you just made like a motor sound on your bike? Like, brum, brum. Fair nope, not. So there is another place up the road that we went to instead. So, anyways. I used to do bike rides lame. to uh half moon and I'd go get a milkshake. Wow. Which I then regret on the bike ride home. Where did you do the micro bike ride from? My house. That's pretty far. Yeah. Good so for it, you. It's like 40 clicks or something. 40 clicks return? 
Uh, yeah, because I'm I live north Winnipeg, so it's like twenty twenty two kilometers oh, each okay. way. So well, from my place, it was eighty two. Yeah, that's for and sure, but yeah. I'm trying to remember, Saturday was night. Was there a north wind? South Sunday there was a north wind. Yeah, because so that ain't a rode, lot of fun. We rode into the wind all the way to Lockport. Yeah. But then, of course, the payoff is you ride all the way back right. with the wind. Yeah. I used to... Did you go down Main Street? Uh, well, we went down the... I'd take the River gate, Road. The gateway oh. path. And then that gateway path. Do you know the gateway yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, active living thing or whatever it's yeah. called? It goes all the way out to East St. Paul and then cut across and then down Henderson to Lockport. Because I'd, uh, I'd go down River Road, which is kind of nice oh, that's scenic a nice route. Ride. I have a very quick funny story of one time I was biking back. It was like dusk, summertime, and I was, I was just being pelted with all these bugs as I was driving back that night. I don't know, like they were little, those mites or whatever they were. But anyways, I had them all over me. Bugs are annoying, aren't they? They are annoying. But what was even more <laughs> annoying, Steve, is I then had a crow that was like dive bombing me. I don't know if it could smell. A, the... a, a, a crow is like the devil. Yeah. So like they, they, you have like, they're, like they're the devil bird, right? I was terrified. <laughs> this thing kept following me and it was like coming way too close. And I honestly think it's because I was wearing like, bugs all over me like wow. i don't know if it could smell them but i was like a target wow yeah i thought i was gonna i didn't <laughs> think i was gonna make it home that night. hitchcock movie it was like a hitchcock <laughs> movie um the birds uh so yeah that was that was scary and i'm not a big bird fan anyways at least in close proximity so that strava app you were talking about i'm, I'm in this challenge right now it's like uh, you can join challenges one of the challenges right. i have is i have to do 400 kilometers in april That'll, that should be no problem, I think, you know, <laughs> if the snow melts. I'm already up to 300. Oh, okay. But anyways, one of the other challenges is you have to do uh, like a physical activity every day, five days out of the seven days of the week, which is, eh, that's that's pretty normal for me. I kind of work out about that much or cycle or whatever, right? right? Some of, uh, and then, but today I wondered, oh, what am I going to do today? I didn't feel like working out. I couldn't bike ride. So I shoveled. I was just going to say shovel is. Shoveling the- counts. Yeah, especially that snow. Especially this snow. I mean, that it's was heavy snow. It is like uh, I had Not to move a little bit of snow yesterday. It's like wet sand. Yeah, uh, weighs a ton. Um, I saw the plows out last night. Can I just take well, a beef with the? Why are the plows out? Yeah, I guess they got. They were uh, the plows that I saw were on like fairly main routes, yeah. and all they're doing is pushing slush around. No, yeah, why? <laughs> like that's first of all, that costs a lot of money to send them out. But why you're moving slush that's melting today? Anyways, well, I, so a lot of places uh, you have a budget for something. Let's say you have a hundred dollar budget for the year on something. If I you guess. don't spend your budget, you might not be able to get it again next so year. So maybe they had a little money left in the kitty. Well, yeah, in mid April, much snow. I get. We haven't. Well, right. here, here's a quick. Stat. Here's the stats, folks. Yeah, I save this. Hold on to your hats. So. In terms of, of this snowfall, folks, we got, according to um, a weather f- uh, fellow that I follow on Twitter, Rob's Obs, shout out to Rob's Obs, for, he's a retired Environment Canada meteorologist. He said that we got uh, 23 centimeters in Winnipeg. That's through the whole you know Monday, Tuesday, into early this morning. 23 centimeters makes this the largest snowfall in Winnipeg since way back in October 2019. Remember that big snowfall? That was like... That's the one that brought... 2019 was 14 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It was pre-pandemic. And this really jumped out to me. It's the largest April snowfall in Winnipeg since back in 1999. So we haven't had a snowfall 
in April like this for 22 years. Does that mean we won't have another one like this for tw- another 22 years? Uh, I hope so. Uh, me too. Um, so that's, uh, and by the way, for he, he also predicts this snow will take approximately four days to melt. It's Wednesday. That would if have it's a, a slow melt. Is this good for the farmers? Because apparently oh, this, this is, is all good for the this farmers. This is great for the farmers and for the fire concerns and... Uh, I, I suspect hey, farmers don't take offense if I don't care how this benefits you. Um, I basically just think of myself. Right. <laughs> it affects your bike riding. Don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, by the way, I went for, I can't remember if I, no, I didn't tell this story. It was late last week. I think last Thursday when we got a ton of rain, obnoxious driver, Steve. I went for a run late at night. I was running along Kildonan Golf Course on, on Main Street. And there's huge puddles because it had rained a lot that day. All these jack wagons, jack wagons. <laughs> are like flying down Main Street. It's like 1030 at night. I was hit. I was being hit with waves of water wow. in my face. Like they were, I was getting splashed like crazy because people were just using Main Street as a drag strip like they do late at <laughs> Isn't night. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's the Autobahn. And uh, by the time I made it home that night, like I felt like I put all that weight I've lost back on because I was soaked head to toe. I think you sent me a note that night. Maybe. Yeah, the, yeah, I did that. I went out and did a run. Well, what are you doing out running in the rain? Well, I was hoping the rain would let up that day so i kept putting it off putting right. it off and then it actually only got worse uh so yeah it was pretty sloppy so are you out every day still yeah although i didn't go for one yesterday it was just the sidewalks are not a whole lot of fun. i went to the gym yesterday okay so i did get my one work yeah, in, but yeah right. so this snow can go away but the the payoff i guess is that everything's going to be nice and green and we likely will get lots of good farm uh, farming this year and uh, not a lot of forest fires. So Okay, good. Silver linings. All right. So anyways, that's it for us uh, again this week, folks. Um, episode 60 of Jet Cetera. Be sure to uh, catch us again next week. Enjoy your weekend and um, hopefully you uh, have, well, we all have less snow by the weekend. That yeah. would be great. All right, thanks. Thanks.